to Leader Fables, a podcast where two lifelong friends and totally obsessed business nerds discuss all things leadership. I'm your host, Casey Clark, and I'm joined by my good friend, Jacob Evans, who now basically lives in two places, on an airplane or in a Delta lounge. Is that is that about right, Jacob? That's right. And the last time I was in a Delta lounge, I saw one of your colleagues, I assume they were one of your colleagues, holding court. There were people coming by, kissing his <laughs> ring. He had a big WGU <laughs> bag. I don't know who it was. Don't know who it was. But yeah. WGU was very present last, last trip I was at, at the Delta yeah. lounge. So your trip coincided with one of our commencements, which is quite... Is our biggest commencement ever? We had over two thousand uh, people. So I mean, it was yeah. We had most of our leadership there. So no, so it must have uh, been a leader. There was no ring kissing, but there did seem <laughs> to be some rings? like sucking up sort of things going on. I mean, I don't, I don't really know. Jacob, but we're I'm too just, cool for that. I, I know, yeah. probably. Well, today I'm really excited about this episode because we are focusing on ideas. Every part of an idea, and, and most specifically, how an idea goes from like inspiration, like, oh, I just thought of something that could be really great, all the way through to execution. And I think there's no way to do this in one episode. So I think this is going to be like an overview. And maybe if we get some good feedback, Jacob, this might be, um, this might be like a series eventually because we'll I think see there's how so it much to this. Yeah. This is, this is a great topic. One that I'm, I'm really, really excited about. It's a hard topic though. Yeah. It is. I was thinking in, in my career of an example of this, and this one popped into my head, this idea that I, I still have, that I haven't been able to execute. So I thought maybe as we go through this today, we could use this as Ooh, like an example, a case that. study. But I had this idea, you know, I run a large organization. There are multiple layers of leaders and individual contributors. We have multiple stakeholders. We have practices that come in and do like a part for us, right, that we kind of uh, sub out. And, I, and it's really hard to coordinate messages uh, and training. And, and when you have this you know giant team, like half the battle is just everyone knowing what the heck is going on um, at any different time. So I had this. Here's my genius idea. Are you ready? This is the inspiration struck, Jacob. Are you ready for it? I'm so ready. I'm waiting here with, with bated breath. I'm going to hold my breath right now. Here we go. It, it, really what's happening is anyone on my team that hears this oh, is already rolling okay, their keep eyes. Okay, keep going. Go, go, you gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> okay. I can't hold my breath okay. that long, Casey. <laughs> Here's the idea. It's called A Week in a Box. And what this is, and so I, this is for our frontline managers and you know to get more consistency in our communications and what's happening is that the idea is that when a manager sat down to plan their week, uh, so they sat down Sunday or Monday, you know, came in first thing. Everything was ready for their week. The messages were curated. Here's what we're going to focus on this week in terms of messaging. Uh, they're, what they're going to focus on in their you know, team meetings and one-on-ones. Not that it's all too prescriptive, but, but the, the bare bones of what we want to make sure everyone covers that week is ready. Beautiful slides are in the inbox, right? Like here's something you can use for your team meeting. Here's something you could use for a one-on-one. And then the message builds upon itself where it's like, okay, in your team meeting, you're going to hear it. Then you're going to hear it from an email from Casey later. And then you're going to hear it in your one-on-one. So there's all these hooks uh, that are dangling in the water, right? So if you don't get one, you might get another. This is this has been my idea. And I've tried to get it in implementation multiple times and it never works. I've never been able to pull it off. So I, is this a good example? Is this something that's I love, happened to you? I really love this idea. 
I, you know, I'm thinking about kind of my context and if it would work or not. I think in certain weeks it would probably work and in other weeks it wouldn't. But I really like what you're going, what, where you're going with this. I think it's, it, 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 it's, there's a lot of planning involved, I imagine, yes. which is maybe where this kind of <laughs> came off the rails, right? <laughs> in the past. Yes. <laughs> it is. And it, uh, that that's what came off the rails. The second is like not everyone loves a prescriptive message to give every week, right? Because each team has individual stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that's okay. Like every team needs a certain level, but here are the non-negotiables that need to be covered this week. Here are the deadlines. Here are the things. And I'll tell you, uh, maybe at the end of the episode, I can tell you where we've landed as like a next step to get closer to that ideal state. But I thought this was a good example of how ideas like go from inspiration and then to like um, getting people on board and persuading key stakeholders and then into execution. And every one of those steps is a potential uh, idea killer. Right. Um, Or, and and the other thing I would say is it isn't a linear process. It doesn't always go in order. Sometimes it like you have to shuffle that order. You have to go back to the brainstorm. You have to move forward. So, just to organize the conversation today, I'd love to go brainstorming, getting others on board or persuading others, and then executing uh, on, on what we're doing. So sound like an okay order? That sounds like a great order, Casey. Okay, well, let's get started. It's, I know you're the expert on this. So order. Gonna, inspired order. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to, you're the expert, so I'm going to pick your brain uh, on this the whole time. So let's start with brainstorming. I'd love to hear how you do this, how you capture, like, what is your process here? So depending on kind of the season I'm in, uh, typically, and this happens a lot when I travel and and I'm kind of out of my element, I'll get like lots of ideas. I'll get things that that I want to try. Maybe I've read read a book or, you know, something new I've been noodling on. And and finally, I've now had some time because I'm traveling to think about it some and to give it some more thought. And, uh, and, and that's often kind of the first stage, at least for me in brainstorming is, is thinking to myself, okay, well, what's, what's, what am I inspired by? What are some things that I want to try with my team? Or, uh, what are some new projects we want to pursue or some new products we might even want to build? Like, what are those things? And typically those ideas, like I said, they come to me while I'm traveling. So I think the first kind of bit is just making yourself available to new ideas. And it's sometimes very hard, I've found, to do that when you're kind of in the daily grind. You're kind of working in the business instead of on the business. You got to kind of get out of that mode a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and when you do that, I found, at least for me, ideas start to flow. Like I, I start to think of of new things to try, new things I, I, I want to invent uh, and, and all that. So I, I think the first yep. step, at least for me in brainstorming, is is kind of giving yourself the opportunity to brainstorm. I love that. We've talked about like how you go to a conference and the only thing you don't get out of that time is actually what the conference is about, right? (laughs) Because all the other ideas like start to flow. I think uh, I want to ask about some practicals here Um, because what I do is when I get one of those ideas, I will send myself an email uh, that just has like a a basic note and then I add it to my to-do list um, for for my weekly review. And then I, I capture these because what happens for me is I'll have like 50 of these Mm -hmm. on my to-do list. And I'll be like so overwhelmed. I'm like, why do I feel overwhelmed? And it's because all this stuff that can't be accomplished is on there, right? But yet it's just something I need to think through. So I love love your process for this. So what I do is I, as as these ideas occur to me, I will write them down. I have a little app called Drafts, which just 
when you open the app, it presents like a blank window or a blank blank notepad, and you can you know just type in it right. And um, I'll, I'll I'll type uh, the idea. Sometimes I'll flush it out even a little more. I'll have some bullet points underneath it, and I just save it there. And then after my trip. I'll kind of go through that list and see, okay, well, what is still resonating with me? What what do I still really want to invest in? And the trick, uh, I, I think, for me has been not putting those things on my to-do list because yeah. then it's just like – and then you're kind of thinking – and because they're on your to-do list, this happens to me. I'm thinking, well, now I've got to do them because they're on my yeah. list. And, uh, or you just and stress about them and look is, at them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You don't know what to do with them. You just like – it just stresses you out. So I have kind uh, of a digital junk drawer. It's a little bit of a junk drawer. I, I wouldn't that. say it's drunk. It's probably a digital – my gold mine of ideas yeah. that I've I've kind of written down and I uh and, and like I said I'll I'll write them down and then I'll go through that list at the appropriate time typically when I'm when I'm back and in the kind of throes of reality and and that kind of wakes me up to the ideas that are actually implementable and and ideas that that are still resonating with me because sometimes we well I'll have a what I think is a great idea one night and in the morning I'll look at it again oh, I don't know what I was well, I yeah. don't know what I was thinking like, that, that was about the dumbest idea ever you're like syrup top spaghetti like, <laughs> what did I mean by exactly that? like yeah I have a couple things to say on that one is um, sending yourself a note getting it in your like notes whatever gets it out of your brain which allows for more ideas to come i've, I've if not i stress that i'm going to forget it and so i just like hold it and process it and process it and process it the second is uh, i've learned over time is i don't necessarily need to know the application uh, meaning if i'm inspired by something like it, it'll be in a movie or a tv show or a song or a play or something that i go to and it's like i don't need to I don't need to like think through all the ins and outs. I just stick it in a like same thing. I have an Evernote file that I it's like ideas and then I go through it and sometimes they spark, sometimes they don't, but it's out of my brain and it's there. So I, I, yeah, I think I like your process though of having an actual app. So you know where it's all. Yeah. It's just corral those ideas somewhere. Yeah. An app, yeah. a note. I mean, just corral them and, and keep them out of your, I what I do is I keep them out of my normal sort of inboxes process flow, things that I, I have to do. I keep yeah. it all out of that. It's separate. So when do you, um, when do you decide you're going to work on an idea? Um, like when does that happen? Uh, cause I know for me, like that would come in my, like if I'm prepping my week, I'm going to look at like what I, or my quarter, like then I might pick one of those and then say, I want to flesh it out. Um, but I'd love to hear when you actually go back through that. Like, how do you know to move something forward? In, in the last few years for me, my, sort of idea generation, ideation, implementation even has been, it's been very situational. So I'll have ideas and then I'll think, okay, well, I know I had an idea about this that might actually solve this problem that we're having. So I'll go to my idea list and kind of pick it out. Um, I'll, I'll, oftentimes too, the ideas that I have are kind of, sometimes they're inspiring and sometimes they're situational. Like, yeah. oh, I have these 10 problems I'm trying to solve. And then I'll, you know, my brain will kind of think up some ideas or some solutions. And and oftentimes, at least for me, I don't know if you're wired this way, Casey, but I'm like a boil the ocean kind of kind of thinker. Like <laughs> I want to solve all the problems. Yes, I want to do it in a comprehensive, well thought out way. Um, I I I am I think okay at kind of implementing incremental change, but it, it that does not inspire me. So my my ideas typically are, t uh, typically are kind of big, hairy, audacious kind of things. Right. And then um and, and then when I get into the implementation bits, and we'll talk about that here in a minute, 
uh, I'll have to kind of scale that down a little bit and be a little bit more reasonable and a little bit more practical and, and all that. So, that. yeah, at least for me, it's very situational. Uh, I, I yeah. try to solve uh, – and, and this might also be the because I'm an engineer, and that's kind yeah. of how my brain's wired. So I'm all about solving problems. Yeah, I love that. So, okay, so so first part is like capture the ideas. Don't lose it. Your, your inspiration is fleeting. You do not want to – you know, not capture these things. So now let's like take it to the next level. Say you've caught an idea uh, and now you want to actually start to really think through it. What's your, what's your process there? So I do two things that I don't know if they're unique to me, but I don't know if I know of anyone that's done these. Uh, I'll I'll begin to kind of flush out that idea a bit more. And, and, and oftentimes I get ideas from other ideas, like things that other people are doing or have tried and I and I take that idea, I make it my own, and I make it my own by brainstorming around that idea. I take the idea and then I just kind of think to myself, okay, what can what comes to mind? And I'll write that down. And I use a an app called MindNode, which allows you to kind of create these webs uh, of words or phrases, and uh, I'll I'll map them out that way. And 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 oftentimes when I'm in this sort of brainstorming mode in MindNode patterns will begin to emerge and that'll then uh, present those patterns present a way to kind of organize these thoughts and, and these ideas and and, and that sort of stuff. For instance, um, I, uh, I I read a book uh, 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 last year and I actually reread it this year called traction, which is a a, a system for uh, really running a whole business. And, uh, but there's a lot of really great ideas in this book for running teams and I read it, took a lot of notes on it, and I was very inspired by it. In fact, I'm still inspired by it. But in order to to kind of take those ideas and to make them my own, I had to kind of sit down and contextualize the ideas for my teams and 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 how we work, um, uh, and and how that how those ideas uh, might work for us. And uh, mm-hmm. I did that through brainstorming. So there's like I, I think there's like eight eight kind of components to traction. Yep. I had each of those eight components and then I kind of brainstormed around how that might work for us. And yeah. uh, so that's a good example. Eight of, components of are like the, yep. every minute meeting, every five minute meeting, every 20 minute meeting. No, just kidding. There, <laughs> there, there are traction. some meetings in that book. That is true. Uh, yeah. Uh, shout out to traction and scaling up, which is also kind of the same book, but um, okay. So th- I, this is interesting because I see a difference in the way our brain works here because you're an engineer a builder. I'm a, a people leader. And I know you have people leader parts of your job. I have engineering parts of my job, but, but my, I'm primarily wired. The first thing I would do is not sit down and think through it myself. The first thing that I would do is schedule a meeting with my team to talk about it. Um, so that's interesting. So, but so your I, first I step is my second that. step. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> see, and that's so funny because my second step is your first step because what I would do is then try to get on paper, you know, like what I heard, what I believe, you know, those sorts of things, but I want to talk it out. I want to, and, and I really encourage on my team debate. Like, I want you to challenge me on this and cause I want to verbally go it out, but it's funny that you first think it out. I first talk it out and then we go to each other's first second. That's kind of fun. I I, got to be honest, Casey. I don't know. I don't know which approach is better because sometimes there've been times in fact, even recently where I had some great idea and I thought it through and I kind of talked, thought, thought through all the ramifications and thought through all the potential objections and, and all that sort of stuff that kind of comes with thinking through ideas. And I, I, I presented it to my team and 
I'm like, okay, what do you guys think? They're like, oh, this is great. And I'm trying to like inspire debate or encourage debate and and get some, you know, conversation about it going. But but it occurred to me after the meeting, I had kind of already like put it in a box, put a bow on it, said, here you go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, right. I, I don't know what's better. I really don't. I, I think in in some cases your your approach is is, is much more uh, uh, might might be more inviting but and, and encourage. I can tell you, I've had feedback, the opposite. Right? Oh. I've had the opposite too, where I have like then presented it to a group and been like, I, I don't really care about what any of you thought. I still, they all hate it. I love it. Now I'm going to just draft it out. So maybe it's situation and team and, and stuff like that. But, um, but it's interesting. I guess the, the component there is then start to pick it apart, right? Like start to start to capture, you know, what you're thinking and all of that. And I want to call this out because this is something in my leadership that I think you really helped me with in like just previous conversations and even in note taking, I've always felt like this, I'm a terrible note taker and things like that. And one thing that I caught from you is like, it's not always about like detailed notes. It's about having uh, a place for everything. So will you talk about that? Because I think you do this really well and it's helped me in my leadership and organization. Yeah. So typically when I have an idea like this and I'm like, okay, this is going to get some traction. I'm going to actually kind of move on this and, and, and try to try to get it adopted or try to get other people in front of it thinking about it. I'll create a note for that idea. It's really a project at that point in my note system. And, and then I, typically it like uh, the first time I, in fact, I could, I could think I wrote some notes this morning for some projects we're trying to get off the ground. And oftentimes my note is just a collection of links to like other systems and other documents and, and other things that, um, that, uh, uh, that are that are maybe related to that. It could be even web links, like a list of web links and stuff. I I did some research. That this is these are the results of that. Um, I'll also sometimes sometimes I um, I found I don't know if you're like this, Casey. Sometimes I like to think through things very linearly, kind of in an outline, and I'll put that in my notes. So I'll have the note file for that project. I'll put the outline, which is kind of the results of brainstorming, oftentimes in there. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that works really well for me. So sometimes I want to think things through linearly and I start that way. And sometimes I kind of want to do this sort of web mind node thing. And, and that works really well. If I, if the idea is still kind of unclear to me, I'll, I'll often use mind note. If it's, if I kind of got a, an organization already kind of worked out in my brain, I'll, I'll often outline it. So that, that's one of the, so most of all, all, most every idea I've had, uh, at least in the last few years has started with a note, uh, where I, 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 I keep it, keep it updated as new things come in through email or I do research on the web. I'll, I'll just add those to my, to my note file. I love that. I, I think the thing that this did for me is just having everything in one place, like reduce the friction of writing that brainstorming document, writing the charter, writing the whatever step is next by like 30%. Because I'd find myself just so frustrated because like, I know I had research on this or I know I had a spreadsheet with a financial model on it or, and then I, I feel like I lose the art of telling the story and the proposal because I'm like so frustrated at trying to find the stupid notes, you know, on stuff. So I just thank you because I, this really helped me get a lot more organized. So all my key projects now have these kind of dashboard documents where I can go into them and, and find them. So I, I really love this approach that you've taken on this. So, um, anything else about brainstorming, uh, any tips, any tricks, any, anything else there? I think one of the, one of the things just to note about ideas and baking them is that, and you, you kind of referenced this earlier, right? I want to kind of highlight it is that inspiration when we're inspired, it's, it really is quite fleeting. 
Like today I'm inspired and tomorrow I like the idea, but I didn't like it as nearly as much as I did yesterday. So sometimes just taking the time when you're inspired to flush it out a little bit, to brainstorm a little bit is really, really useful. Because to your point, Casey, you, you can lose it. And, uh, and sometimes that inspiration can really fuel a lot of great thinking and a lot of great uh, 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 kind of working through the, the, the problem or the solution or, you know, whatever, whatever you're inspired by. So I, I try to take the I don't always do this, but I try to take the opportunity when I'm inspired to kind of move on the idea a little bit, put a little put some legs on it, put some flesh on those bones, that kind of thing. Well, let's let's move next then to. Um... You know, once you kind of have the idea a bit flushed out, I can't think of a project or a big move where then my next step wasn't to start to get people on board, right? Kind of the art of, of persuasion. Is that where you go next or uh, are you more into planning at that point? Yeah, no, because of, because uh, like you, Casey, I, I am also a people leader and none of my ideas very few of my ideas i mean i have ideas for me personally that i think are cool and i'm going to do them for me but i a variety of my ideas uh many of them uh, affect other people and and in in some cases affect other people in in very substantive ways uh should we implement the, those ideas so i i think the kind of that very next step after you feel like you you've kind of got a good good grasp of the idea maybe you flushed it out a little bit at, at least you know to your satisfaction the next step at least for me, or if you're a people leader, is getting that idea in front of other people and getting feedback on that idea. And 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 sometimes you've got to you you got to master your your the persuasive arts to uh, <laughs> to get people to hear and kind of understand what what you'd like to do. Right. It's true. I, I think sometimes we minimize the importance of leadership being able to sell a vision or sell an idea, not sell as in like, you know, cover up the weaknesses or things like that, but to inspire, like that is like, to me, the number one point of leadership is to inspire, uh, uh others when you do that. And it, it's an art, it definitely is an art. And there's a few ways to go about this. Um, there was one colleague I was working with, this was a few years ago where I was trying to implement some new processes and practices related to agile software development. And there's a number of books that I often reference that, talk about how to do agile really well. And I tried to explain those ideas to this individual. He wasn't having it. It was like, no, Jacob, this is terrible, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right, fine. I'm going <laughs> to gift you some uh, one book. I just gifted him one book about agile and, and, and I think it outlines really well how to do agile. Well, I'll put the book in the show notes if anyyone's interested. Um, Nope. Just uh, kidding. There's totally got to be one person, maybe one person in our in our vast audience, Casey, yes, will uh, will will, <laughs> will appreciate uh, this yeah. book. But anyway, I gifted it to him. Said, "Hey, let's read this. We'll talk talk about it in our one on ones and whatever." And I actually kind of forgot about it. <laughs> I forgot I gifted it to him. Uh, we had some other problems crop up, so this sort of in, in, in my inspiring idea to kind of change our processes and practices w w went to the back burner. But in, in a month or two, uh, he came to me once. He came to me and said, Jacob, oh, I think we need to change this and this and this about our agile process. It'll be so much better. And, and oh, isn't that great? And I'm like, oh, you read the book. And and those ideas that the book had planted, I tried to plant them and it failed, but that the book had planted, they sprouted. And uh, and, and that was really, really rewarding. So sometimes I guess what I, the point I'm making is sometimes you got to just seed the idea. Like, OK, I want yeah. you guys to think about this. Like sometimes it's a big change and, 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 and you need that time. You need some time. And this, there were some pretty substantive changes uh, related to agile, 
that uh, we wanted to make, and uh, and that needed some time to grow. It needed some time to to kind of incubate, yeah. uh, and uh, and 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 eventually, you know, those those sprouts, those little seedlings, they they uh, they they sprouted, and that was awesome. And I, I think sometimes ideas need to kind of go that route, where you just sprinkle some seeds and see what happens. Yeah, I like the the asking questions here. I love. It. What are your go to questions? You know, when you're starting to get into this uh, point. I typically so my go to questions are I I'm I'm a very sort of like let's envision the future together kind of individual right so I I often start you'll ask my team they'll tell you this I I often start these sort of conversations with wouldn't it be great if fill in the blank if our customers loved us wouldn't it be great if we were releasing software on time and on schedule and under budget wouldn't it be great if our meetings were really inspirational and uh i mean i go on and on right like these sort of what if questions and that yeah. often gets people kind of thinking it gets them out of the sort of day to day this is what we do today kind of thinking it's more like okay let's let's envision the future together so i often start with wouldn't it be great if and then i get feedback that way how deep do you feedback. Go? I'm sorry. How deep do you go at this point? Do, you know, wouldn't it be great if then some dialogues like, is that where you start to plan it out or do you typically do you put a cap on it or no, typically this is what I do. Uh, and it, again, this kind of varies by the idea, but, but most of my ideas, I start out on with one-on-ones with that. Wouldn't it be great if conversation and, and then I, and then I tee it up and I said, we're going to talk about this more in our staff meeting later this week. Mm. Uh, I'd like you to give it some more thought and kind of see what uh, ramifications this this idea might have with, you know, your team or, you know, that that kind of thing. And that that kind of I think it's kind because especially if it's a big change, you're, you're, you're kind of giving people a heads up on a one on one and you can kind of talk them through on a one on one. And then you're kind of teeing up the conversation for your staff meeting. So oftentimes I'll, I try to do that. It's not, I'm not always successful at that. Sometimes it's like in the staff meeting. We're like, Wouldn't it be great if. <laughs> yeah. And, and there are like, depending on the person I've noticed, like I'm ready to talk about it right now. Like I, I'll just like, but there are others who do need some time to ruminate on things. They're kind of, uh, I have a team member that calls us, uh, I'm a slow burner, meaning like yeah, I'll get there and I'll, I'll produce some heat, but I need a minute to turn up the temperature on it versus I'm going to kick down the door with it. So that's a really smart strategy of like leading that invoking wonder, you know, um, getting their brains going and then coming back to it once they've had a chance to prepare. I think that's really smart. And, and then I typically will try to invite, I try not to share my brainstorming to be honest, Casey, when I like it helps me because I can answer questions and kind of, you know, preempt objections and that sort of stuff when the, those come up. But I, I'll oftentimes just have the team, like we'll do a brand new brainstorming on, 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 on the idea. And that I have been very pleasantly surprised by oftentimes people will come up with better ideas than my own. Like, oh man, that's brilliant. And I think if I had like predisposed them to my ideas, those ideas may not have come out. Mm, and and yeah, especially you, true you, if there's a power disparity between you and the team you're working with, right? Yeah. So if you're the boss, eh, people are going to be a little more hesitant to kind of give their, uh, their, their, uh, their candid feedback sometimes when you've already kind of predisposed them to what you like or what you think you like because you haven't heard their idea yet. Yeah, it's that thing, the person with the highest salary kind of kills the discussion, you know, uh, sort of thing. I try to be very cognizant of that. Yeah, I try to be very cognizant of that. I like that. There's a a couple things, you know, I think in this space, like 
um, when I'm thinking of, you know, persuading others and working out an idea that I have is, is first in so much of this time we go back to like, did you do the foundational parts of team building? Meaning is your team inspirable? I don't know if that's a word, but, uh, like, cause I've tell you, I've inherited teams or I've worked on teams where it was very tough to inspire a team. Like they're very negative or closed minded. I found myself in, in this, I, I was in a meeting today where I was like, Oh man, I'm so closed minded on this. Like, uh, and I found like some stuff going around me and I was like, I think that's cause I'm closed minded. That's why it's kind of going around me. But that's my first step is like making sure that I have a team that is inspirable. And, and, and then there's two sides of this to me. Like one is like, is it capacity or character? Meaning capacity, it's hard to be inspired when you're overworked. Right. And you're like trying to just keep the wills going or is it character meaning like I'm just being a turd, you know, um, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm jaded or need to reexamine my why or, you know, any of those things. So I, I think it's important that this is a continual muscle you're flexing with your team. And when someone is like super resistant, that's a coaching opportunity of like, doesn't mean we don't want you to bring the heat with like challenge it and, and things like that. But in the guise of being inspired by that, this could be possible versus, why it can't work. There's no possible way. Yeah. I try to give, and, and sometimes I'm better at this than others, but I try to give a fair amount of grace for people that are hesitant or resistant. Or in fact, one time this happened a little while ago, someone told me, well, Jacob, these are all great ideas. This is great. But we've talked about this a hundred times before. Yeah. And my rejoinder <laughs> was, well, this is the last time we're going to talk about it because we're going to get it done. And guess what, Casey, we got it done. So I, you know, I, I think, I think some people, there are some leaders and this is, this is a caution actually. There's some leaders that really love living in the like future, yeah. but yep. they have a hard time taking that, making that future a reality. And right. I, and I think that does tend to wear on people. It would wear on me. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to this other meeting where we're going to talk about the future that is never realized. So yeah. I think you do need to be cautious of that. You can't, you, 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 you got to kind of, if you're an ideator, if you like, if, if you generate a bunch of ideas and some of yep. us are like this. You gotta you gotta put a lid on that uh, to some degree because you've got to get some some of those ideas done implemented. Otherwise, you might you know you lose trust, <laughs> lose trust. You wear out your yeah. team. You're always talking in the clouds. You're not in reality. Uh, yeah. yeah, you 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 you, you got to. I, I at least I found I've got to be very cognizant of that because you know left unchecked, I I would just you know I'd be I'd be living in the idea space. Always. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't trust Jacob because he doesn't realize how much else I have to do. And he's adding another project. He's, you know, this is, I'm and then it's not going to get I'm done. Sure you do this because there's me. no follow through because there's a new project and then it's <laughs> a great, right. great you got excited about something thing. else. Uh, exactly. And, yeah. The, the shiny syndrome. Um, you know, if I take this back to, um, you know, my week in a box idea, uh, from the beginning, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of walk you through. So I have this idea. I have this thing where I'll just like casually bring up a big idea that I have, like I'll just kind of test the waters with it. Like um, I was thinking about like, wouldn't it be great? Like I think I'm going to your question here. Wouldn't it be great if like a manager didn't have to create, like we didn't have slides that were different on every team or like, you know, or why, why don't you think the message is getting consistently out? And I'll say it in like a meeting that I'll look for someone with a spark uh, and I'll be like, Oh, spark meeting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so then it's like you our next one on one. Yeah, I'll bring it up and like, hey, this sounded like something you were, you were interested in. Uh, so so this one in particular, there was 
two members of my team. One that I just brought it up on a one-on-one and they were like, uh-huh, uh-huh, cool, cool. Yeah, we could do that. And then another who like, I, I then I brought it up at a team meeting and they were like, oh, that's cool. And so the three of us became kind of a working, well, three of us, you know, brainstormed it out. And then the two of them went and kind of carried it forward uh, on it. But it, I'm trying to stay with the same example here of, of this. So I feel like the persuasion part, then what happened is trying to get the other people we needed involved on it became very challenging because they're like, oh, you're not going to be able to do this. You're not going to be able to do that. We don't have a technology for it. We don't have, you know, that's where it became more in the persuasion part became more challenging for me. Yeah, I I run into that frequently in in, in my work where I I can get a couple people like, oh, yeah, I got them. And then I got to get other people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that that I need to implement it. Right. We can't you know, I, there's some projects where, yeah, we can get it done with, you know, just a few people. But in many cases, these sort of big, 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 audacious ideas, you need a team and you need everyone's buy in. Right. And the yeah. challenge with that is, is I th- this is what I've challenged myself with and what I'd probably challenge you with, Casey, is just give it time, like give yeah. give it time to be, be patient, have oh. meetings, be consistent about how you have those meetings and eventually uh, those I, I I think eventually at least I've experienced this not always but but sometimes where you'll get a breakthrough it's like okay and and sometimes you also got to pare back the idea a little bit and yeah and experiment oh, like hey we're you're just like, gonna try with this one thing we're gonna do this you're seeing one where we're going aspect okay. you're, you're already right. like reading what <laughs> happened in my example here. Uh, and I don't like that advice. It's, it's, one not bit. Th- it's not that I haven't been there before, Casey. I've been exactly <laughs> yeah. where. In fact, I might be exactly where you're at right now with other ideas I'm trying yeah. to champion. Well, right? it is like building a coalition. Right. And I find that I'm really good at getting my team inspired, like my direct reports, my org. It's when I have to start pulling in other departments and stuff like I feel like at that point I've done my work of persuading and now I'm in execution mode, but I realize I have another level of persuasion to do or connection and what don't I see in this, right? Like we, we, I'll give you another example. We built this whole thing with our hiring, um, in, in the group that I run, that's been really revolutionary for us and then got feedback afterwards. Like, Hey, I really didn't feel like I was part of that, even though I am part of it. And I was like, Oh shoot. Like we (laughs) didn't include you, right? We just built it and ran with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, one of the things that uh, I mean, this is a little segue. Uh, maybe not a segue. This is a little riff on 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 kind of pro- launching these sort of projects. So, after this is one thing I do, especially if it's just projects involving my team and may not involve other people. Um, so once I have the leadership's kind of buy in, they understand what we're trying to do. I'll then do a project kickoff meeting with the project team. Okay, where, wait. You are going into oh, execution mode. Okay, we're still in. And you're, I, you're, you're back need, in brainstorming. Need, what do you need? Casey? I need to. What I need, need to recap because <laughs> okay. I feel like here uh, we go. Here. Okay, so first, capture the idea. Do the brainstorming. Right, terrific idea of creating like a, a centralized place for all the information. Then you got to go start to build the art of persuasion with your team. Start to bring in key stakeholders. Start to brainstorm the idea. Maybe get it down on paper at, at this point. Now we're in execution mode, Jacob. So talk about this project kickoff because I, I really like this idea. So this is what I do. I'll get the uh, project team together. I will. I have a project kickoff deck that we go through. It's a collaborative kickoff deck uh, where I will. I will very briefly in like three lines highlight the project goals, and then we begin as a team 
to define why we're here, what we're trying to do, what the elevator pitch is, and guess what I do, Casey? After I've kind of presented the project, the goal, sometimes we'll have some visuals or architecture, or, you know, assets that we've kind of thought through. I I ask, I have these prompts. I'll, I'll share the kickoff deck that I use for software projects in the show notes. But I have these prompts, and guess what? I try really hard. Sometimes it's hard. I try really hard just to sit on my hands. I'll ask the question, and then I'll <laughs> wait to see what what kind of comes out of the team and sometimes there's some debate sometimes there's some questions and it's really powerful because it really i I believe it helps us get on the same page because we're all hearing okay this is what we're doing this is the elevator pitch and the elevator pitch goes like this it's like okay well we're gonna we're gonna build a one or two sentences together where if asked by a neighbor or asked by your significant other what you're doing at work what would you say like, what's this project about? And uh, and we define that together. I, I, I mean, I could probably come up with a great elevator pitch, Casey, but there's a, there's a lot of power in having the team come up with and own it. And then, and then from there, we go and we talk about what's in scope for the project, what's out of scope, what's unresolved. We consider other departments that we may need help from. Uh, so that, that that's part of the exercise. So we, we consider that. Um, we talk about risks, what's going to keep us up at night. Um, we then talk about what we call in software development the furious four, which is scope, time, quality, and ease of use. And we rank those. And not everything between a one and a five, and not everything can be a one. Well, it shouldn't be a one. And that not everything can be a five because oftentimes we want all the scope. We want it done uh, you know, in, in record time. We want it to be of high quality and easy to use. And uh, instead, this kind of good, helps us get alignment on, okay, well, what if things are going to give, What's going to give in the project? Is it going to be time? Is it going to be scope? Is it going to be quality? Is it going to be ease of use? And then, uh, and then we, and then I invite the team to guesstimate. Like, how long do you think this is going to take us uh, to complete? And again, this is kind of very specific to software projects, but uh, I think that this could be probably modified for any sort of project in, in in the context of a business that you're trying to kick off and get kind of people to rally around and get bought into and all that. I love that, and I love like to me like. Um... I think if if I try to equate this, this is like getting the idea down on paper um, and out of your head and onto the paper, which is very different and forces a team to really be in agreement on what the heck we're doing. Because I know I've been in meetings where like we have this like really great conversation and breakthrough. And then I look at the notes after and I'm like, this is not what we talked about. And so there's this iterative process of like trying to take our brainstorming. And I think this is where a really good project manager is like an artist. And I can think of one that I work with that can take like three hours of us, like talking through stuff and then build a beautiful charter document that has like it synthesized and really well written. And I, I just like, you can have all my money. You can have all my resources, that person I want so bad in my life uh, because there it's a weakness of mine. Like my brain's everywhere but to actually get it down on paper. And then I have a buddy who I worked with for a long time who would then create a slide deck um, with it. So he had a, a written form and a slide save on his desktop, which I know is antiquated. Jacob, don't make fun of us. But at a moment's notice, whenever it would come up as he was influencing others, he would pull those documents so quick and uh, and share them. And like, And I've learned to do this on key projects because it really helps me build the coalition over time and forces us to agree on what we're doing. Yeah. So that mission statement, which again, and I kind of 
didn't mention this. It very clearly articulates what we're doing and why we're doing it. It doesn't yep. necessarily go through the house so much. It's more what and why. And, yep. and I put that statement everywhere. I put it in our Slack channels. I put it in our, our internal wiki where we keep documentation, where the, where the project kind of sits. It, 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 it's, it, hopefully, it's something that people see frequently and can kind of remind themselves of what we're here and why we're doing. And I end up, I end up um, uh, repeating a lot of that uh, oftentimes when there's questions like, no, guys, this is – and we have to remind ourselves, right, to your point, uh, and sometimes our teams, of what we're, why, why we're here and what we're doing. And uh, yep. and and I, going through that exercise collaboratively, I think, really helps it stick because it's not just me who's dictating the what and why. It's the team that are kind of collaboratively coming up with that together. I love that. I want to get your take on on this part of it. Uh, I've always found like you you kind of dream is like poetry, and then when you start to execute, it's like prose, right? Like and. Often th- that's the point where the dream has to get practical and moving too quickly to the implementation before the dreaming is done can be um, catastrophic, right? It can kill creativity. So I'd love to hear like how you work with like due dates, tasks, everything like that, uh, moving from the dreaming to the execution. So I would say that these sort of kickoff meetings, they're like, still part dreaming, part execution, because we're, we're kind of thinking through the ramifications of the project. We've defined the scope. We've defined what's out of scope, but we really haven't set any uh, clear sort of the, the deliverables are kind of obvious, like this is what we're trying to do. But uh, we haven't set clear uh, tasks. We haven't like divided that up. I think the, the, oftentimes the next step is, at least in software development projects, is we need to do some more research. So we, we, I like to give the team at least a week or two to come to go out, do research, look at you know sometimes they got to look at code, do research on kind of best practices in the industry or new technologies that we might want to take advantage of, and and oftentimes during that process we learn some more and maybe we kind of adjust our scope uh, as appropriate. And and I think that, you know, kind of going back to the the plant analogy, this is really giving some more time for those seeds to water, sprout, grow a little bit before you actually get into execution. Um, the very next step after that, so after we've kind of completed our, our research, is to define what uh, – what we're going to do is is to clear out those tasks. And one of the one of the pieces of advice I have um, in this regard, typically for most projects, this isn't always true, but I, th- I think in maybe using your example, Casey, um, one of the one of the best things that we can do, borrowing from Stephen Covey, is to kind of begin with the end in mind. So, in the case of a software project, the best thing I can do is to have designed uh, a rough representation of what the software ought to look and function like it ought to be it can be high fidelity low fidelity but it's non-functioning so it 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 really gives people on the project team a very clear understanding a very clear idea of what we're aiming at and from that it's really easy to write tasks it's like okay we need to break this down we need to write this we need to do this to the back end yeah like we we can really break it down i mean picture in this case is worth literally a thousand words probably even more uh, because we can very, very easily decompose that that user interface, typically user interface, and and turn that into tasks. And I think that's yeah. where a lot of software teams like go sideways is they don't think that way. They might start with the back end or the data that they need or that kind of thing. They don't actually uh, give a lot of time or a lot of a lot of space to 
considering what the user is going to use. And once you get in, once you know what the user is going to use, everything else becomes a lot more clear. So in your case, where you're thinking about, okay, well, this, this sort of, I'm going to call it an ideal week for your frontline managers. Let's design together the, a, a, an example ideal week. And then from there, you can kind of break off the tasks. Okay, well, who's going to own what? How's that going to look? Uh, and, and how do we systematize that? How do we? Maybe there's some op- opportunities for automation. What sort of automation tools can we bring in? Maybe there's some tools for for AI. What What are some things that AI can do for us? Maybe it could write some emails. That sort of thing. Yeah. So um, anyway, I'm kind of okay. Now you're like blowing my mind here. So I think <laughs> this is what I think. For the sake of time, I think we've done a really good job talking about brainstorming. Talking about getting, you know, building a coalition, getting people on board, persuasion, and then um, from there starting the actual kickoff and stuff. I think we could do a follow up episode that is actually the project plan, assigning owners, mm-hmm. tasks, deliverables. What do you do when it all goes to hell and none of it's working and you're back to the drawing board? So are you cool happen. with that? Maybe we do that next episode. I'm cool with that. It seems like it seems like I've got you inspired, Casey. You might do some <laughs> brainstorming after the session. I'm very I'm very excited for you. Yeah, I love it. Um, uh, yeah, I haven't, and I'm going to keep on my problem here that I haven't solved yet uh, with this. So. Uh, let me let me wrap us up, Jacob. I thought this was a great conversation. I could go for another three hours. I think, um, you know, in closing, I, I would just like to say that, like, it's one thing to have the idea. It's one thing to like know where you want to go, but where the real leadership comes is ideas are a dime a dozen. There are so many ideas. You can just read books and get ideas. The execution of it is the art to me, um, and and so. If you're good in the idea space, hang on for the execution part. If you're good in the execution part, but you don't get to the ideas, I would say you're probably you're not taking in enough inspiration or you're not finding what how that inspiration uh Peaks you so fair enough, Jacob. In that, that sounds great. I I, I was not anticipating Casey a part two, but I appreciate the <laughs> hey, audible. We're here at like you know forty five minutes or so, so yeah. I totally understand that. I think we're being respectful of our listeners. And in two weeks, hey, we'll have a we'll have a really great uh, show for you on all about execution because that's really where it it the the going gets a little tougher. Yeah, as Jacob would say, fortnightly, uh, fortnightly, yes, indeed. In the meantime, here's how you can support the show. Uh, On our website, leaderfables.com, we have a list of things that we like um, that are affiliate links. So if you go there, we get a couple fractions of a penny uh, if you buy something that helps us run the show. We'd also love for you to leave a review on wherever you're listening uh, to this podcast, positive, negative, thumbs up, thumbs down, middle finger, maybe like whatever you want to leave as far as a review goes, it helps others uh, be able to see our show. So Come back for part two in a couple weeks. And until then, lead on. Lead on.